Everyone, welcome to our annual prayer day service. And we will uh, begin with God's call to worship, which is uh, taken from Psalm chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for to you I will pray. As God's covenant people, we humbly acknowledge that our help is in the name of the Lord, who has made heaven and earth, who keeps truth forever, and who will never forsake the works of his own hands. Receive God's greeting. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Please turn with me in your Bibles to the 46th Psalm. Psalm 46, which is so full of comfort and encouragement, especially in a chaotic and unstable world, to know that our God reigns and that he is with us is our comfort and strength. Psalm 46, to the chief musician for the sons of Korah, a song upon Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not, or will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. 
And please turn with me in your Psalters to 128, versification of Psalm 46. We'll sing together 128, all three stanzas. bow our hearts before the Lord in prayer. Shall we pray? O great and most glorious God, before your majesty 
In this place and in this moment of quiet reflection, we bow before you on this evening of prayer and offer our praises, our humble adoration to you, who is most worthy of all praise. Daily we live within your glorious creation. Daily we enjoy the wonders of your providential care. Daily we watch as the seasons obey your will, demonstrating your faithfulness to promises made to Noah so long ago. And while our world daily suppresses the truth of your glory, you continue to send the sun and the snow to cover the earth and even to sustain the lives of all men. It is beyond our ability to grasp the enormity of your care in this world all the hairs of all the heads of all the men are numbered by you. Indeed, your glorious care holds the sparrows in the palm of your hands and feeds the birds of the air even as the snow covers the ground. Such knowledge is too wonderful for us. It's beyond our ability to grasp, to comprehend. Yet we live each day and experience in each moment the wonderful blessing of your sovereign rule in life. We enjoy, Lord, the blessings of health and strength. We enjoy, Lord, the privileges of serving within your church and community, of using our gifts and talents to advance your kingdom and to bring order to this world of such disorder. We thank you, Lord, for our opportunities to serve at work, in the office, on the job site, at home, in the classroom. And we thank you, Lord, that we may do this in peace and prosperity. We praise you for our country and thank you, O heavenly God and Father, for the blessings that you shower upon her daily. And we rejoice to know that even still, Lord, we have the freedom to worship you. That each Lord's Day we may gather with your people and lift high your name. And that we enjoy endless opportunities to invite our neighbors, co-workers, friends to join us. For we know that is your desire. That is what you are doing. Patiently allowing all men to repent. That they might join with your people in the praise of your most holy name. Indeed, with the psalmist of old, Lord, we do say, let the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you. Oh, that all men would join us in the worship of your name and lift their voices in the praise that you so rightly deserve. We acknowledge also, O great God and Lord, that so often we are careless with these blessings. Before your throne, we admit, Lord, that too often we use your good gifts only for our own pleasure. We misuse the wealth that you've entrusted to our care for the blessing of others, choosing to use it only for our own pleasure. Indeed, we are too quickly satisfied with superficial blessings, 
We objectify fellow image bearers. We waste our time and our talents. And for all this, we bow in humble penitence before you, grateful to know that you are the God of great and unsurpassing grace. For we praise you tonight, Lord, most of all, great God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the work of redemption that you have accomplished in him and have proclaimed through all the world. We praise you, Lord, that you have seen fit to send this message of salvation from pulpits around the land, from the pulpits of our own congregation each Lord's Day. We thank you, Lord, for those men whom you have called and equipped for the ministry of your word, and we thank you that they daily bring us back to the cross and hold before our eyes the very grace that you have given in Jesus Christ. We thank you that the word of life is available to us in more ways than has ever been in the history of this world. That in our homes, Lord, we can find so many copies of your word easily accessible to us. We find it on our phones. We find so many very common, varied commentaries available for our purchase and for our, for our appreciation. We think of all the podcasts and all the various digital means that are accessible to us so that we can, Lord, throughout the day, persistently turn our hearts and minds to you and to the things of your grace. We thank you for our Christian homes, where your word is held in high regard and taught to covenant youth so that in each succeeding generation, the good news of the gospel is heard and a genuine call to sincere faith in Christ is issued. We thank you that we have Christian schools who teach and instruct in the way of the faith. We thank you for the countless Bible studies, for youth groups, for moments of private devotion and prayer. We thank you for the coming together of God's people. And above all else, we thank you for what stands at the very heart of your glorious word, for we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank you for your love of the world that moved you to send your Son, your only begotten Son, to take on flesh and bear the great weight of our sin upon his shoulders. We thank you that his sacrifice perfectly covered the depth of our sin and defeated the judgment of death that we had earned by our rebellion. We thank you that he has not only lifted the guilt of sin, but covered us in a perfect righteousness. We thank you that he has defeated the power of sin and enables us to walk in the newness of life. We thank you, Heavenly God and Father, for our risen and ascended Savior's presence at your right hand, where he even now, even as we pray, intercedes on our behalf. Even as we thank you, O great God and Father, for the gift of your Holy Spirit, who translates our feeble prayers with groanings too deep for words. Our lives are more perfectly and powerfully kept in the warmth of your love than we know. Indeed, O God and Father, with shame we must confess that we do not always love you as we ought. We know that even within the glorious confines of your covenant community, some refuse to bend the knee in worship. Their hearts are not thrilled by the good news of the gospel, and their spirituality is merely external and without passion. For these we earnestly pray for your Spirit's presence and power to work in their hearts, that regenerating grace whereby our wills are made alive and our hearts are filled with joy and thanksgiving 
as we lay a hold of our Savior by sincere and genuine faith. And even in the hearts of your people who love you, O Lord, we desire that you would so work that ever more joyfully we would offer our lives as living sacrifices of praise before you. Stir within us, by your word and spirit, that zeal that surrenders all to your most holy name and lifts high your name in all that we do and say, giving adoration not only in an evening but in every moment of every day. Teach us to put to death that which offends you and to bring to life that which glorifies your name. Teach us to more fully adore you for the greatness of your grace in Jesus Christ and your tender love in all of our lives as our beloved Heavenly Father. And make us praise your most holy name, even in this night, pleasing to you. Sanctified in the blood of the Lamb, and move us by your Spirit's presence and power, we pray. For you are the great and glorious God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You reign and rule over all of life, and you have sent your Son to redeem for yourself a people And on this evening, we bow in prayer and praise to offer our humble adoration to you, for you are most worthy of our worship. So hear us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 51, David's prayer of confession. Just the first 13 verses. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. 
Let's turn together in our Psalters to Psalter number Where could we hide from your presence this evening, Lord? Jonah took to the oceans and was found by your gaze. Samson, in his sin and blindness, realized he could not hide from you. Peter, in the grip 
of remorse and regret for denying your name, realized too then that the gaze of God was upon him. There's no place we can hide. There's nothing we can do to put on outwardly to prevent you from seeing the true nature of things inside. This lesson you taught to Samuel, Lord, when you said man looks at the outward, but the Lord looks at the heart. Our prayer this evening is that you would have mercy on us, O God. We know too from Scripture that if you, Lord, should mark our transgressions, who could stand? Who could minister? Who could pray? Who could offer you their bodies as living sacrifices? If you marked our transgressions, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Father, in the psalm we read David, heartbroken, not embarrassed because he was caught out, not trying to justify himself, he was shattered when the horror of his sin was brought before him. But he did not run from you, he ran to you. And this we do tonight too. Repentance and confession is a painful place. It strips us bare before you. But it is the place of healing, dear Father. And so we confess tonight the sin in our lives, that which we say, that which we think, that which we do that is an offense to you. It may be acceptable to the world. It may be tolerable in our families. But sin is offensive to you. And as your children, Lord, we come tonight to say, Oh, Lord, forgive us. We recognize that we sin against you and are forced this evening, Lord, to be real before you and ask, Have we erected a golden calf to worship? Have we, Lord, bowed down to the Babylon images of the day? Have we forsaken the cross for our own dreams and goals? Have we taken shortcuts and spiritual detours? Does the resurrection of Jesus still stir our hearts? Sanctification drop us to our knees and say, Lord, have your way? Does your glorious return still stir in us a joy to serve you in the day? Or have we been distracted, Lord? We don't blame those who have come before us for our sin, Yet we acknowledge that we, like our parents before us, have been born into the sin state and how easily it comes. And Lord, how we wish 
It would not cling to us as easily as it does. You desire truth. And Lord, the truth is that just as we needed you at the beginning of our spiritual infant breaths, so we still need you now in a world of compromise, in a world of temptation, in a world, Lord, to stay silent when you say speak, in a world, Lord, to hide our light. When you call us to shine it brightly, our prayer like David, Lord, is that you would create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Let us not be rebellious. Give us a hatred, an intense hatred for that which separates us from you. And like John the Baptist, may our daily, daily desire be that you may increase and we fade into the background. May we decrease. David knew that in confession you would be willing to restore to him, O Heavenly Father, a joy in salvation. And Lord, if we have ever taken up the joy of self-righteousness and gloried in that before you, then we cast those garments off too and say, may the only thing we rejoice in, the only garment we put on before you is the joy of salvation. A grace that we could never receive based on merit. And give us, O Lord, a hunger to do your will and to walk in your ways. And Father, lastly, I ask, as David did and pledged himself before you, that then we would stand up clean vessels before you and minister to those around us and teach sinners your ways that we may see people turn to you. Stand us up, O Lord, to walk in your ways as leaders of our families. May we lead with integrity. May we point clearly to our Lord and Savior. May we delight ourselves in your word that we would continue to be the salt, this land, this province, this country, this world needs the light that you've said we are and help us to be the fragrance of Christ as we go as ambassadors each and every day. This I ask, Lord, humbly, reverently, desperately before you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's turn to Psalm 136, verses 1 to 4 and verse 26. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Now let's turn to our Psalter and sing Psalter 378, The Unfailing Mercy of God.
Let's humble ourselves before God and give thanks to him for everything that he has done for us. Our gracious God, Father in heaven, you have commanded us to not to be anxious about anything, but in everything with thanksgiving bring to you in supplication. And Father, we confess that so often we have not done this. Father, we confess that we do not pray as often as we should, and when we do pray, we do not come to you in praise or with thankfulness. We come with our own petitions, asking for what we need and what we want. Father, we come before you, acknowledging our shortcomings. You have created us for your praise and glory and for to give thanks to you, to live a life of thankfulness. But Father, we confess that so often we have a great sense of entitlement. Father, you have graciously given us all things, yet we take things for granted. And Father, as we at this time try to give thanks to you, we pray that you would come upon us and grant us your Holy Spirit that we may indeed give you thanks from our hearts. Father, help us to see who we are in your sight and help us to acknowledge your greatness. Father, you are the God, the overflowing fountain of all good. Apart from you, there is nothing No being who would give us any good. There's no one who can create things. There's no one who can sustain things. There's no one who gives us anything. There's only those forces and Satan who distort the good things that you have created. And so, Father, as we think of the blessings that you have given to us in our life, we thank you. We thank you for all the physical things that you have given us. We thank you for food. We thank you for the breath that you have given us in our lungs. We thank you for health. We thank you for the very life itself. For we know that if you withdraw your grace and your goodness, we would cease to exist. We would not be even able to move. Yet you have blessed us richly in this country. You have blessed us with meaningful lives. You have given us energy to work, to serve you and to a blessing to those around us. Father, we thank you for all these things. Father, we thank you for relationships that you have given to us. You have blessed us with family and friends. And even beyond that, you have given us many brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers in Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is to enjoy these relationships, to enjoy friendship in this life. Father, we do not take these things for granted. We thank you for many laughters and meaningful conversations that we could have with our family and friends. Father, we thank you for this country. We do acknowledge that this country is more and more falling away from your will, yet... Father, we have it so good in this country with freedom and peace. We can gather to worship you each Sunday. We can gather together for an event like this to pray to you and to sing to you in freedom and in safety. 
Father, we thank you for this. And most importantly, we thank you for all the spiritual blessings you've given us to us in Christ. Father, indeed, your mercy endures forever. You give us what we do not deserve, and you are not obligated to give these things to us at all. For we are by nature children of wrath. We walked in disobedience, yet in your infinite mercy you have given us your Son, Jesus Christ. You have given us new birth. You have recreated us so that we may indeed live a life of thankfulness. Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he has received all that we deserve. Father, we deserve your wrath, your curse. All the curses that are written in the Bible, we deserve. And you have laid them upon Jesus Christ, and you have given us all the blessings that he has secured for us. For what a wonderful reality it is that when you look at us, it is as if we have lived our lives perfectly, as if your son has lived, have obeyed your laws. For the wonderful, what a wonderful thing it is to know that not only our sins are forgiven, but it is as if we have kept your law, kept your law perfectly. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that your mercy endures forever. Father, we thank you that though we sin and we will continue to sin, your mercy will not run out and you'll always be there for us. As long as we repent and turn to you, you will forgive us. Father, we thank you that your mercy endures forever. And Father, we pray that you would continue to fill our hearts with thankfulness, that we may rightly praise you with our words, with our singing, with our prayer, and with our life. Father, even, even as we come to you with this prayer of thanksgiving, we are aware of our unworthiness. and We plead all these things, and we give you thanks through our high priest, Jesus Christ, who intercedes for us. We pray that you would hear our prayer for his sake alone. Amen. Please get your Bibles and join me as I read from the book of James, James chapter 4, James chapter 4, we'll read the first three verses. Let's Read God's word. From whence or from where do wars and fightings among you come? Is it not from this, from your lusts, which war in your members? Ye lust and have not? Ye 
kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. May the Lord bless the reading and preaching of his holy word. Here in our text, we see two basic realities about prayer. First, you do not have because you do not ask. We see that in verse 2. Second reality, found in verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Now, with God's help, we will elaborate these uh, two points in our message. So, so first of all, let's look at the uh, first truth about prayer. You do not have because you do not ask. What is it that you do not have? Well, in this context, that which you desire to have. Uh, David says in Psalm 37, verse 4, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. The uh, word desire here can also be translated as request or petition. And it is a lawful petition made to God, a request that is according to God's revealed will in his Word. And here's the point of David. If you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the petitions of your heart. And to delight ourselves in the Lord is to pray to Him, to pray to the Lord. And so, if you pray to God, He will grant you your requests. Granted each of their requests. When the oldest sibling saw what her younger sister got, she complained to her dad. She said, Dad, why did you give my sister an Apple laptop, an expensive laptop? It is not fair. I only got an Acer laptop, which is, by the way, not as expensive as the uh, Apple laptop. The father replied, Well, my daughter, I did not give you an Apple laptop because you did not ask for it. You did not ask for it. Had you asked for it, I would have given you an Apple, this expensive laptop. And so you cannot blame me. Remember, remember my promise. My promise was clear. You, you ask, tell us what, what, whatever brand of laptop you, you want. And, and, and your mom and I will, will give it to you. I want to keep my promise. And by the grace of God, I am also, to, I am also able to, to keep my promise because the Lord has blessed us with, with bounty, with with, with money to afford that kind of laptop. 
You see, that's the point of James here in our passage. You do not have because you do not ask. And again, remember the context. It is a lawful or legitimate request. We're talking about a a request that is in accordance with God's revealed will in His Word. We cannot blame God if we do not have. Maybe this evening, you don't have salvation in Christ. You've been attending your church for, for years now. But you know, deep within you, you remain lost in your sin. And you cannot fake it. You cannot fake it. God knows our inner self. Well, James says, you do not have because you do not ask. Ask for salvation. And our God is more than willing to give you salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And He does it because of His faithfulness to His gospel promise. That if we believe in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. Or maybe this evening you have salvation, but you don't really have that joy. You, you continue to struggle with assurance of salvation. Well, James says, ask, and it will be given you. Or those are the words of Jesus Christ. But in the words of James, you, you do not have a, a greater sense of assurance of, of faith in Christ because you're not asking for it. Maybe this evening you feel defeated by by Satan. And and you are really struggling with a particular sin that that you you really feel disappointed and and, and you, 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 you can't really overcome that sin in your life. Well, ask grace. From the Lord. And He will give it to you. In fact, here in our text, in this chapter, James chapter 4, verse 6, we read, But He, referring to God, giveth more grace. Wherefore He says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. God gives more grace. Oh, don't we need grace? Don't we need grace every day, every every hour, every minute, every second? We can ask for it. Grace to to face our trials and grace to, to face our temptations, Satan's temptations. Or maybe this evening, your heart is just filled with, with worries. You're afraid about the future. You, you keep worrying and, 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 and worrying and you don't have peace, peace of mind. Well, ask for it. 
ask for it. Or maybe this, this evening you, you really want to get married. You, you're still single and, and, and you really you, you have, you have the desire to, to get married someday. Well, God says you do not have because you do not ask. You cannot blame God if you do not have. And how about revival? Don't we need revival as a nation? Why is it that we are not experiencing revival as a nation? Could it be because we're not asking for it? You do not have because you do not ask. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 says, If my people, says the Lord, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. You see? God is very much willing to, to, to heal our broken nation, to forgive us our sins. If we pray, if we seek His face, if we ask for forgiveness, if we ask for revival, He is willing to give it to us. Our problem is that we do not ask, and so we do not have. We forfeit God's blessings our god is is willing to to bestow his blessings upon us but let us remember that we have the responsibility to ask yes yes our our heavenly father is is all knowing he he knows exactly what what we need even before we mention it to him but again, we have the duty to ask, to pray. And that's why it's so clear here in our text. You do not have because. Here's the reason. The reason is you're not asking. Because you fail to do your duty to pray. You do not have God's blessings because of your prayerless life. Not because of God. It's because of us. The problem is us, not God. In Matthew 6 verse 8, Jesus says, Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And maybe some of you might say, why pray then? If that's the case, if, if our Heavenly Father knows what we need before we ask Him, what's the point of this kind of gathering? Why do we need to have a prayer day, day service or prayer meeting? Or why do I need to pray personally? Well, of course, we know the answer. Because God delights to see His people, His children, pray to Him. He is pleased to, to hear our prayers. Our uh, youngest daughter is now one year old. If she wants to get something that she cannot reach, she will usually point her finger to that object 
And then she will look at me and say, Dada, Dada, eh, 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 Dada, Dada, eh, eh, eh. She's obviously implying to me that she wants that thing. What do I do? Well, sometimes I pick her up and I bring her closer to that object that she wants to have. And I, I, I let her get it. Now, upon getting that object, my daughter could say, I got it! I did it! But of course, without daddy's help, she could not have gotten it. But from, from a human point of view, it looks like we have because of what we do. We have blessings because of who we are. We are, we are prayerful because, because we, we pray to the Lord. You, you do not have because you do not ask. Or, or to put it positively, you have because you ask. I have because I ask. Because, because I pray. But lest we think that it is all because of our prayer and, and become proud of ourselves and, and start comparing our spirituality with, with, with others. And we can, we can uh, uh, sometimes say to, to others, maybe not vocally, but deep within us, we, we say that the reason why, why you are like that, the reason why you are not uh, making uh, spiritual progress, progress in your Christian life because you're not praying the way, the way I do. Well, let us not forget that the ultimate reason why we have is because God is carrying us. Like, like what I did to my daughter. Because the Lord brought us closer to that blessing. Because the Lord enabled us to receive that blessing. The reason why, why we have, ultimately, is because of God's goodness. I, I, I carried my, my, my little one, my, my, my daughter, and, and, and brought her to that thing that she wanted to have out of my, my love for her. And our Heavenly Father does the same. Because He cares for us. Because He loves us. He grants us the desires of our hearts. Because of His mercy, He can grant us forgiveness. Because of His grace, He can, he can give us so freely the gift of salvation when we ask for it. Because of His faithfulness, to all His promises. When we, when, we bring, when we bring back to Him all His promises, He grants our petitions, not because of who we are, not because of what we do, really not because of our prayer, but because our God is such a faithful, covenant-keeping God. Because left to ourselves, you can pray and pray and pray, but without God's blessing, your prayer will be in vain. Like my daughter, my daughter could, could be pointing her, her finger to that object for, 
for hours and hours and hours. And she could be crying, crying, crying. Dada, dada, I, 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 I want that. If I don't get her and bring her there, or even if I don't pick that up and, and give it to her, nothing will happen. And so my point is that, yes, we, we do not have because we do not ask. Or to put it positively, we have because we ask. But if we have, it's because of God's grace and mercy upon us. And I tell you, I, I delight in helping my daughter. When, when our children, we have five small children, when, when they ask for something, and, and if I am able to do it for them, I, I delight in, in helping them. I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm their daddy. I'm their father. Now, how much more does our Heavenly Father delight in helping us? Isn't it even Jesus Himself says in, in Matthew 7, verse 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? By the way, this is very radical, this statement. If you then, being evil, and indeed I am an evil father compared to God who is absolutely holy. I am an evil father and yet I, I am still moved with compassion. I still help my children. I provide for their needs. How much more our heavenly father who is so good, will He not also give us what we need? And the key word here is the word good. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? One commentator said, we should obtain it if it would be for our good. If it is withheld, it will be because it is best for us that it should not be ours. God only gives us that which is good for us. And, and parents, don't we do the same? And I, I, I tell our children, because sometimes, yes, indeed, I think in, in one of the uh, prayers, the, the idea of entitlement was, was mentioned. Somehow, we feel entitled to have everything that we want in this world. And we see that attitude in, in our children. I want this. Give it to me now. And we tell them, well, not because you ask, does it mean that it will be given to you? Because as your parents, if we know that it is not for your good, we will not give it to you. You see, our Heavenly Father, who knows exactly what is good for us, does the same. We ask, He gives, but He only gives 
that which is for our spiritual and eternal good. And so if He doesn't give us what we ask for, it simply means that it is not for our, for our good. Now, some of you might still say, well, I ask, but still I, I do not receive. Well, let, let me briefly move to my second point here, the uh, second truth about prayer. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Look at verse 3, please. Ye ask and receive not. Why? Because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Now, notice three things about verse uh, 3. First, you ask and receive not because the manner of your asking is wrong. The way you ask. You, you, you are asking with unconfessed sins or unrepented sins in, in your heart. And some of those sins are listed in the uh, previous chapter, chapter 3. Uh, verses 14, 15, and 16, the sin of, of bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, boasting or, or pride, lying or, or dishonesty. James says, don't expect God to grant you your heart's desire if there is an unconfessed sin in your heart. The uh, psalmist says in Psalm 66, verse 18, If I regard iniquity, that is to say, if I hide sin in, in my heart, if I cherish sin in, in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The Lord will not hear me. Sin is like a, 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 a blocker that will block the, the door of, of, of heaven. Hindering God from pouring out His blessings on us. We need to, to take that, that blocker. We need to, to, to confess it to the Lord. We need the blood of Jesus to, to take that away so that the door of heaven will be open for us and experience God's divine benediction. And then here too we see we... We ask and receive not because the motive of our asking is wrong. Look at the second part of verse uh, 3. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your last. Or in ESV, it, it, it says to spend it on your passions. And in this context, these passions are sinful, sensual, worldly, selfish passions. I think it was Pastor Joel Dykstra in his prayer that we, we misuse God's blessing. He, he said in his prayer that we're, we're, we're using God's blessing for, for our own own selfish 
reason. We're using what the Lord gives to us for, for sin. The Lord blesses us with, with, with money and, and what do we do with that money? We use it to, to, to buy something that, that's not pleasing to the Lord. The Lord gives us strength, but what do we do with that strength? Instead of using it to glorify the Lord, we're using it for, for, for wickedness, to, to serve Satan. And so when you ask with a wrong motive just to, to spend it on your fleshly desires, then don't expect God to grant you your heart's desire. And then final observation here. You ask and receive not because the matter of your asking is wrong. In other words, you are asking for something that does not promote the Lord you're asking for something that does not advance God's kingdom. You're, you're asking for something that, that, that does not glorify the Lord. It's only for your selfish ambition. You're asking for, for something that does not satisfy or edify or feed your, your soul. You see, everything that God gives to us has something to do with His grand ultimate goal for us, which is Christ-likeness. And, of course, for His glory. Let me prove that to you using the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, which you can recite from your memory Matthew chapter 6, verses 9, 10, and 11. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven. First petition, hallowed be thy name. Second petition, thy kingdom come. Third petition, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And here comes the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. If you notice, the Lord is going to give us our daily bread. The Lord is going to feed us in order for us to do the first three petitions. The Lord is is placing food on, on the table for you so that you may be able to glorify, honor, praise His holy name. Hallowed be His name. The Lord is, is giving you food, water, strength, energy so that you may be able to, to be part of the coming of God's kingdom in evangelism, in the sharing of the gospel. The Lord is feeding you so that you may be able to do His will, that His will may be done here on earth as it is in heaven. You see, that's, that's the reason why the Lord is feeding us. So the next time you, you, you put that food in your mouth, the next time you eat that soup, 
Eat that bread. Eat that rice. And drink that, that, that water or coffee or whatever it may be. Remember that it is for you to serve the Lord. It is for your spiritual good and for God's, for God's glory. And so, as I end this message, if you ask and you do not receive... Please, don't blame God. You cannot say that, that God does not answer prayers. God is willing to give, but we need to ask in the right way. God is willing to give, but we need to ask with the right motive. God is willing to give, but we need to ask for the right thing. As one uh, commentator uh, uh, says, he gives good gifts, and therefore does not grant bad requests. And so with love, let me ask you this question, and I include myself. How is your prayer life? How is my prayer life? And please don't get me wrong. When I, when I asked you that question, my, my intent was not to to, to discourage you or to, to humiliate you because someone said if, if you want to, to humiliate a Christian, ask that Christian about his or her prayer life. But I'm asking you this question so that you would realize your need of grace. So that you would ask the Lord to help you Grow in your prayer life. The uh, Protestant reformer Martin Luther once said, I have so much to do today that I must set apart more time than usual to pray. We, we do the opposite. We're too busy, so we spend less time with the Lord in prayer. I really do believe that behind the success of the Reformation was the prayer life of the Reformers. They spent a lot of time praying to the Lord. They, they really wrestled with God in prayer. Like what Jacob did in Genesis chapter 32. Remember as, as Jacob wrestled with, with God. He, he, said, he said to the Lord, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. You see, that's, that's what we need to do. Even... even even this evening, as, as we are gathered together in prayer, we can, we can wrestle with the Lord reverently. We can wrestle with, with Him in prayer and say, Lord, Lord, we will not leave this place unless You bless us. We, we will not depart from, from this house of prayer unless You, you, open, you open the door of Your heaven and, and pour out your blessing upon us. Unless 
you give us the Holy Spirit, unless you grant us our petitions. Oh, let's pray with Peter Marshall, who said, forgive us for thinking that prayer is a waste of time and help us to see that without prayer, our work is a waste, waste of time. That we will be known as men and women of prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, forgive me for my prayerlessness. Oh Lord, teach us. Teach us how to pray. And we thank you that we have the Holy Spirit who also enables us to pray, especially in our weaknesses when we do not know how to pray, when we do not know what to say, and we are so overwhelmed with our pain and, and trial in life. We thank you that we have the blessed Holy Spirit who comes to us to help us. And Lord Jesus, we thank you also because yes, oh yes, we fail in our prayer life so often. And yet we have you as our great intercessor who does not cease praying for us, interceding for us in our behalf. And, and Lord, at the end of the day, that's our comfort, to know that we have you as our great high priest in heaven, praying for us that we may not be separated from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for all that you do for us. And please continue to bless the remaining time of this evening of prayer. And we pray that in all that we do, we may give glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to turn once more in your Bibles to Psalm 40, <clears throat> Psalm 40, reading the first four verses and the last two verses, Psalm 40, reading verses 1 through 4 and verse 16 and 17. To the chief musician, a Psalm of David, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, 
and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Verse 16, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee, that such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. We'll now sing from Psalter number 112 from Psalm 40. And I've been asked to announce that during the singing of this song also we will have the offering that's mentioned at the end of the program there. It will be taken up during the singing for God is Our Help ministry, a ministry also in the Philippines and focused this year especially for relief from uh, uh, damage and destruction from recent typhoons. So that offering will be taken during the singing of this Psalter selection, maybe to help with the offering we should remain seated for the singing. So we'll sing all four stanzas while the offering is taken up.
Let us continue to pray to the Lord. Father, we confess that we are poor and needy, as we have sung, and as we have read also in your word. And yet we may know from your word that you think on us. And we pray for that also this evening. As we come to you, Lord God, we pray that we may ask for what we need, and that we may ask aright. Not that we may spend it on our pleasures and lusts, but that we may live for the glory and praise of your name. As we come to you this evening, Lord, we are mindful of the time of year. Winter is holding on for a little while, but spring is coming, and soon it will be time for sowing the seed and for the trees also to bud and for all the work in the fields in preparation for the harvest. And Lord, we remind ourselves this evening of our dependence upon you for the blessing that is so needed for there to be a harvest. We pray for all those who work the fields, for all those who tend the vineyards and the orchards, for all those who are busy with producing the food by which we are fed. We pray that you will strengthen them. We pray that you will protect them. We pray that you will bless them. And we pray that in your providence and in your goodness, you may again supply for our daily bread for this coming year. Lord, all the concerns that may be with regard to the fields and the crops, you know. And we lay them before you and we pray, hear us in our need and help us again this year. Help all of us in all of our work. Lord, whatever you have given us to do, we cannot do anything apart from you. And so we pray that you will give us strength, that you will give us wisdom, that you will help us to press forward from day to day, and that you will add your blessing to all our labors. Establish the labor of our hands, O Lord, the work of our hands. Establish thou it. We pray for that in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces, in our businesses, in our studies, in our aspirations. We lay it all before you, O Lord God, and we pray that you will help us and that you will bless us. We pray, too, for the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives, for how we need that most of all. The Spirit who converts us, the Spirit who comforts us, the Spirit who leads us and guides us in the way that we should go. We pray, Lord, that all listening, all present here this evening may have the Spirit through faith in your beloved Son. We pray for those yet outside of Christ, that they may be brought into Christ tonight. And we pray then that we may also grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that we who profess to live by the Spirit, may we also walk in the Spirit Help us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Pour out the Spirit in our lives again and again. And through the Spirit, shed abroad also in our hearts the love of God. We pray, O God, that above all, we may be faithful Christians. And we may honor you in all that we say, in all that we do, in all that we think. We pray for that, Lord, as individuals. We pray for that as families. We pray for our children and for our young people, for the new generation, 
that you will be at work in them through the means of grace, through your covenant faithfulness, that you will be at work, O Lord, to draw them to yourself and to make them trust in Christ and love him and serve him and want to give their lives for him. We pray for wisdom, discernment, understanding as we make our way through this world where there are so many distractions, so many temptations, so many pressures, where the world is ever alluring us and the devil constantly assaulting us and our own flesh so often working against us. Lord, we need to watch and pray as we enter into temptation. Will you help us? We need to wear the armor that you have provided in your Son and by way of your word and through your Spirit. Will you grant that armor to us and may we wield it, wear it and wield it faithfully and so stand in the evil day. We pray, O Lord, that you will help us, that we may not be blown about by every wind of doctrine, but that we may stand fast in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you will give us courage and boldness so that we may shine as lights in this crooked and perverse generation. We pray that you will help us to be faithful to the commission that you have given to your, your church and your people throughout time to go and make disciples of all the nations. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will bless our witness, our testimony, by way of our mouth, our words, by way of our life, that we may show to the world that we are Christian, that we may point the world to him who is the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you for this congregation that has hosted this evening's meeting and we pray for this church and for your blessing upon her. And we pray for every church that is represented this evening at this meeting, at this service. We thank you, Lord God, for the way the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace may be expressed in this way. And we commend every congregation, every faithful church of Christ here in Niagara to your blessing. Remember every family. Remember every individual member. Be at work, O Lord, in every home, in every heart. Also when there are so many needs and cares, when there is sickness, when there is weakness, when there is anxiety, confusion. Lord, there can be so much to trouble us. Help and give hope and uphold everyone. We commend every office bearer to you. Every elder, every deacon, enable each brother to fulfill the respective office. Bless every council and consistory in their work of shepherding the congregation entrusted to their care. We pray for every pastor and teacher among us and throughout the region that you will equip each brother to be a faithful man of God and week by week to proclaim the whole counsel of God and that you will bless the ministry of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, O oh Lord, that in our time and place you will increase your church, our congregations, increase them in number and in virtue, and for the glory of your great name. Keep us from compromise. Help us to be faithful. Give us great discernment. Grant, O oh Lord, your grace and your mercy to us all. And we pray, too, in this land in which we live. We pray for reformation and revival. We pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We pray for sinners everywhere to be struck with a sense of guilt and of 
desperate need to be saved. And we pray, O Lord, that it may be our privilege and joy to say, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. May we see many in our day and time confessing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Oh, how much we must pray for, Lord, and will you help us to pray. Above all, we seek for your name to be hallowed, for your kingdom to come, for the King himself to appear, for your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for that in this place, and we pray for it around the world. We pray, too, for the people in the Philippines who have been affected by recent typhoons. We pray that you will bless our gifts for their well-being and for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we pray that you will hear us and help us, not because we deserve it, but for the sake of your beloved Son, who on the cross was forsaken, that your people might never be forsaken. And we pray that above all, our eyes may be upon him. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Let's sing again from Psalter number 268. 268, all four stanzas. And we can stand for this selection. Before I lead you in closing prayer and give the Lord's blessing, 
I was asked to mention that there will be refreshments and time for fellowship after the service. Let's join together now in prayer. Our Father in heaven, when we began this evening, we read from your word a cry, a prayer that you would hear us. We don't have to wonder whether that's true. We don't have to wonder whether you listen when your children cry out to you. We know, Father, the love that you have revealed in your word for us, the love that you have revealed so fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that we may come before you in his name on the basis of his death, his blood, on the basis of all that he has done for us. And we may be entirely confident that you hear us. Father, this is such a comfort to us. We stand indeed at the beginning of the growing season. We look for your blessing on the crops and the fields. We Ask for your blessing on the work of our hands, all the work, all the activity to which you call us, acknowledging that apart from your blessing, neither your good gifts nor our work can do us any good. Acknowledging that unless you build the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless you watch over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. We are entirely helpless and entirely dependent. But we are not intimidated in that regard. We don't have to be afraid because you are our helper. We began also with that confession. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth Lord, we pray that having spent this time together, together as brothers and sisters, together with you, that we may be greatly encouraged, that we may be greatly comforted, strengthened, as we go from this place, as we take up our work and our places once again in our homes and again wherever you've called us to be. Lord, we ask that we may be people who live in childlike confidence in their Father in heaven and look to you for every good thing. Father, watch over us on our way home, we pray. Also for that, we depend on you. We ask that you would bring us safely home and that we would rest in the night and be refreshed again to take up the tasks that you entrust to us In the morning, Father, we pray, forgive us for every way in which also our worship here this evening fell short. Will you receive it as the offering of our hearts, as a thank offering to you, and as our confession that we are entirely dependent on you and we have every confidence that you will give us what we need 
Father, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Please rise to receive the Lord's blessing. Lift up your hearts to God and receive his blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace.